Good morning, everyone. Uh, happy New Year. If you're Ukrainian or of uh, Slavic origin, uh, Merry Christmas last week to you, uh, all Ukrainians and Russians and Greek, whoever celebrates that calendar, uh, Merry Christmas to you. I hope you got some second meal in and all that stuff. Thankful to Pastor Frank and Pastor Elijah who carried the last two weeks. It was so nice just to enjoy some time with my family and just to be together and um, hope you had a great holiday. And, and now you're in the new year, you, you sit back and you wonder, where, I am, where am I at right now? How, how do we get here? It's a question that you will ask at different stages in your life. I mean, I think of a friend of mine who was an alcoholic and he talked about he played in bands, and he was traveling around these little bars all over Alberta, and he woke up one day, and it was noon, and, and he was thinking, all I could think about was the next drink, he was, you know, what, what am I going to drink, what am I going to, you know, I need, a, I need a drink, I need a drink, and then suddenly it just hit him, he's like, how did I get here? Where all I can think about is the next drink, the next party, the next drunk, and he's like, I got a problem. And, and, he, and at that point, Joined AA and had been dry for 13 years when I first met him. Now it's almost, you know, 30 years. How did we get here? If you listen to the radio in the afternoons on the 9.30, there's a guy from the States who talks about financial management. These people call in, and they call in, and they talk about their situation. And usually it's like, yeah, we've got, you know, this credit card's maxed out, that credit card's maxed out, this car's on payment, this car, I got this loan. And, and he's like, like, what did you do? How did you get there? And then they have to step back and say, how did we get here? Sometimes as a couple, you have to grow and mature in your relationship, in your marriage. But you will hit zones in your journey that where you're like, man, we're not really connected right now. There, there's, you know, boy, you know, we're kind of ships in the night. We, we need to work on this. How do we get here? And, and identifying that helps you to, to move forward in, in a healthy way. And God wants to answer that question for us as we move forward, because we have questions, many of us, I do anyway, how did we get to this place in our current historical situation? How do we get here? Like the stuff that has happened in this last two years, it's like, who could even dream it? Um, and it doesn't even matter if you're a person of faith, people are acting so strangely and, and, and so, you know, you know, relationships don't matter because this is more important than this. And we, we, we have all these values coming to the surface, all these fears coming to the surface. And, and I want to get us back to God's word. It's like, okay, what, does God actually have something to say about all this? How do we get here? And, and, and as a result of that, like, how, how do we move forward from here? And God wants to answer that question because you and I are, are given messages and, and ideas and thoughts and, and philosophies and worldviews that come from all source, sorts of, of, of different sources. And then God's word comes in and cuts through like a filter and it, it's intended to catch everything that's not true and, and push it to the side so that we can dwell in the truth. And Christians, people that claim to follow and believe in Jesus Christ that don't walk in the truth can get sucked in by all sorts of untrue ideas, notions, worldly philosophies, dangerous philosophies, and, and end up in this sort of answering this question and not knowing how to answer it. But thankfully, God's word, which I believe is authoritative, it is in and of itself truth. It is accurate. It's reliable. Uh, it's incomparable, has an answer for us. And so we're, we're going to start with the question of then, how did it start? 
the very beginning of the Bible. If you have a Bible, you can just open to the very first book of the Bible, which is the book of Genesis. God actually wants to answer this question right at the beginning, just so you understand where we're starting from, where, where, where the, the, the key piece is. He's like, let, let me just give it to you right in the very first chapter of the Bible. Let me tell you how it started. Because when how we got here does point back to how it started. The book of Genesis, which literally means beginnings. And it says in Genesis 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, you, some of you are familiar with this. You're like, ah, yeah, I've, I've read this, I've heard it, but you don't understand. Like, like, what is it? He's trying to say something really important here. That before the beginning, God was there. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, this mysterious trinity dwelling in, in eternity and self-existence. And somehow God said, and, and in, in the Bible, God is singular, but sometimes God speaks in the plural. You know, we, let us, it does all these, you know, so it's really interesting. It's mysterious and, and, and marvelous and wonderful. He says, in the beginning, God said, you know, it's time that we, we, we started something. Let, let's create. There is a beginning, a starting point. There is a, you know, let's start the clock. Tick, 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 the beginning. But before the beginning, there was God. And like, I don't understand that. Yeah, because you and I are part of this created universe. But the cre creator stood back and said, okay, it's time. Let's, let's make something. And it says he created the heavens and the earth. The word for created in the Bible is only used of God. Uh, people don't create other things don't create. Only God creates. Men and, and women can make things, can fashion things, can do things, but only God creates things. There seems to be this idea of the creation ex nihilo, which means out of nothing. That from nothing God created something. You have been taught other theories of, of the beginning of the earth in your studies, no doubt. Uh, and those are mythological and, and fantastic and narratives. There is not any science because no one has ever observed the beginning of the, of the world. No one. Everything is a theory and an idea and requires faith. Every theory. No matter what you want to say about science, no one has observed how the earth began. No one has lived 13 billion years, as some would suggest the age of the earth is. But here... God's word says there was a beginning, and at the beginning, God was there, and he, Elohim is the Hebrew term, God created the heavens and the earth. And he, it's like he put this pile of clay on, on the turning wheel, and he begins to fashion the whole universe, the heavens and the earth. I have a little picture here. This is the earth on its axis. And let me read just to, uh, just just because uh, I'm not a scientist, but let me just read what, what someone wrote about this. The slant of the earth, for example, tilted at an angle of 23 degrees, produces our seasons. Scientists tell us that if the earth had not been tilted exactly as it is, vapors from the ocean would move both north and south, piling up vast continents of ice. If the moon were only 50,000 miles away from the earth instead of 250,000, the tides might be so enormous that all continents would be submerged in water. Even the mountains would be eroded. 
If the crust of the earth had been only 10 feet thicker, there would be no oxygen, and without it, all animal life would die. Had the oceans been a few feet deeper, carbon dioxide and oxygen would have been absorbed and no vegetable life would exist. The earth's weight has been estimated at six sextillion tons. That's a six with 21 zeros. Yet it is perfectly balanced and turns easily on its axis. It rotates daily at the rate of more than 1,000 miles per hour or 25,000 miles each day. This adds up to 9 million miles a year. Considering the tremendous weight of six sextillion tons rolling at this fantastic speed around an invisible axis held in place by an unseen bands of gravitation, the words of Job 26.7 take on unparalleled significance. He poised the earth on nothingness. The earth revolves around its own orbit around the sun, making the long elliptical circuit of about 600 million miles each year, which means we are traveling through space at 19 miles per second or about 68,000 miles per hour. Consider the sun. Every square yard of the sun's surface is emitting a constant energy of 130,000 horsepower. That is approximately 458-cylinder automobile engines every yard of the sun. In flames that are being produced by an energy source much more powerful than coal. The nine major planets in our solar system range in distance from the sun from 36 million to about 3,664 million miles. Yet, each moves around the sun in exact precision with orbits ranging from 88 days for Mercury to 248 for Pluto. Still, the sun is only one minor star among the 100 billion burning orbs that comprise our Milky Way galaxy. If you were to hold out a dime at arm's length while gazing at the night sky, the coin would block out 15 million stars from your view if your eyes could see with that power. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It was not this random sort of, you know, atoms firing and blowing up and sort of thing is congealing together. It's this precise design. It's like friends I had when I was a kid that used to make these little automobile models. And I, as a young kid, liked the ones that just clicked together. Click, 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 yay, I'm done, you know. But, but these guys would get these ones, you had to glue them together, and then you had to paint them, and then you had to put little decals on them. And then I'm like, who wants to do all that work? But then at the end, you had this beautiful car. And God says, let, let, let's create the heavens and the earth. And he, boom, there it is. Perfectly balanced. It says in verse 2, the earth, now the earth was without shape and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the watery deep, but the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the water. So we have this matter, there it is, time, space, everything is there, and all the, all the, all the elements required to make a beautifully ordered earth is there, and there's God's Holy Spirit hovering in anticipation, because something real fun is about to happen here. It, it, it's not like it's like, oh, what's happening? This is like Ghostbusters. No, the Holy Spirit is like, okay, let's make something. Ha, ha, ha. You know, it's a beautiful picture. You know, it's like if you're a chef, you know, when you, when you get the ingredients out and you're just like, oh, yeah, and you're thinking about the meal at the end, and you're, you're like, yes, and all the, the steak is there, and the potatoes, and the salad, you know, all the stuff, and you're, you're putting it together, or, or you're making a wonderful dessert, and you've got all the, the stuff there, and you're like, yes, right now it's just individual elements, but whoa, when I put it together, watch out, we're going to eat, we're going to enjoy it. Here's the Holy Spirit, yes, we're ready to make something here. In verse 3, it says, God said, let there be light, and there 
was light. This pattern will continue throughout the whole creation account. God speaks, boom, and it happens. Light. I mean, and, and, and God himself dwells in inapproachable light. So, so, so there's something about God's nature that, that's luminous and, and it's, it's something, you know, there, there's power, there's energy. We don't fully understand all the nuances of light. We're still trying to figure that out as scientists, but God says, let there be light. He knows exactly how it works. Boom, there it is. Here's a picture of, of the light here. Boom, so there's, there's light. And it says in verse four, God saw that the light was good. So God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. There was evening and there was morning, the first marking the first day. When you name something, you are exercising dominion and sovereignty and power and authority over it. God names everything in creation. He is the owner. He is the boss. He gets to call it what it is. Yes, there's darkness and there's light. He names them. So that means God has power over darkness. God has power over light. There is nothing in those elements that are not under his power and authority and dominion. And it was good. It was good. It was, it was positive. I mean, if you look at the power of the sun and, and of light, I mean, it has the, the power to lasers, to destroy, to kill, to blind. But God says, I created light good. In verse 6 and 7, it says, God said, we're on the second day here, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate water from water. So God made the expanse and separated water under the expanse from the water above it, and it was so. Verse 8, God called the expanse sky. There was evening, there was morning, a second day. You know, when God says something, and then, and then the, 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 the narration says, it was so. No elongated process required, no billions of years necessary. God says it, it happens. Boom, it was so. Like, I've not heard this before. This is not what I was taught. Yeah, because you were not taught from God's word. You were taught from some other humanistic philosophy or, or, or other origin of the universe philosophy. But this is what God says. This is, God, this is God said. This is how it started. I simply said it, and it was so. And I, I separated these, these elements here. I have a picture here. I mean, there, there's, there's the water, and there's, there's the sky. You know, water is so essential to life. It's such, a, it's such an amazing, it's, it's so simple, and yet, you know, like just the way it, it, it encompasses, we would not be alive if it wasn't for water, so God gave us everything necessary for life in this earth. Water, and the atmosphere, and the sky, and if you study the, this, the intricacies of the atmosphere, I mean, you understand that there's this protective covering, and there's this electromagnetic radiation going around us, and, and there's this perfect balance that creates this, this wonderful environment for life here on earth, but it, but it has complexity to it. And God is he's separating, he's dividing, he's beginning to kind of clear things out. If you are an artist, you understand that you don't mix all the colors together. You separate the colors, you do blend on, on, on time to time, but, but you want to you wanna create differentiation as, as you paint, because otherwise you just kind of get like this barf, you know, you know, there it is, you know, nice art. You know, so there, I, there is art like that you can buy, I understand that, but, but true art, you know, has clear and space and, you know, thankfully, 
the grand artist painted this beautiful canvas for us. In verse 9, we're on day 3. God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear, and it was so. God called the dry ground land and gathered waters he called seas. God saw that it was good. He's like, I'm going to make a perfect place for, for, for all of creation to exist together. Animal life, human life, birds, fish, plants. But you need to have an environment for them to thrive in. And so he's, he's creating this. Verse 11, God said, let the land produce vegetation, plants, yielding seeds according to their kinds, trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. It was so, boom, there they are. Your favorite fruit growing there, boom, apples, cherries, peaches, plums, potatoes, tomatoes, onions, garlic, horseradish, whatever your flavor is, it's all there. It was so. There was evening and there was morning, third day. I got a picture here, sorry. Uh, here we are. Because it's wintertime. I'm like, I want to have something a little nicer to think about. Yeah, there it is. Wouldn't we all want to be there right now? But there it is. There's, there's the water. There's the land. There's the trees. Yes, it's time to live. So first of all, God, God forms everything. And then what happens in the latter part of the days of creation is he fills it. He's created, the, the aquarium is set up. The terrarium is set up. Now let's put some creatures in there. Everything they need for life. They're, you know, the, the water's there, the, the land is there, the plants are there, everyone you know, can, can eat. There's always stuff for everyone. There it is. It's all set up. In verse 14, God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night and let there be signs to indicate seasons and days and years and let them serve as lights in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth. It was so, God made two great lights, the greater light to rule over the day and the lesser light to rule over the night. He made the stars also. Boom. In one verse, God describes the sun, the moon, and the stars. In the ancient world, so much was tied to the sun and the moon and the stars. Even today, people open the paper or go online and what do the stars tell me about my life? Yes, they're, they're going to dictate for me what's going to happen in my, because I was born under this star. That means this, that means this. And, and, and in the book of Genesis it says, yeah, and God just made the stars too, yeah. The billions and billions and billions of stars that we can't even measure or see, they're all out there and God just, yeah, they're, yeah they're, make some stars. Boom, there they are. Clearly, Elohim, God of Genesis, is all-powerful over the sun, the moon, and the stars. And in the book of Genesis, he doesn't even name them because he doesn't want the ancient readers to think that somehow these bodies of, of, of you know, powerful light, like the sun, have any kind of power in and of themselves. They only are given the, the power that God has given them, and they're, and they're impersonal forces of nature. They don't have any, any deific quality to it. They're not God. God is God. Yeah, there's a great light, there's a lesser light. That's as good as God gets here in the book of Genesis. God placed the lights in the expanse of the sky to shine on the earth, to preside over the day and the night, to separate the light from the darkness. God saw that it was good. I have a picture here. Sun, 
and the moon. And the, the way it's described, they are God's servants. They are placed there at his command to do what he has created them to do. That's all they do. They just do their thing as God designed them to do it. Got another picture here. here, here here's all three together. The universe. And the Bible says God just said it. It was so, and it was done, and it was good. He names them. He gives them tasks and, and assigns them to a certain circuit, and that's the way it's worked ever since he started it. There was evening, and there was morning, a fourth day. And then we get now, God is filling the earth. He's formed it, now he's filling it. It says in uh, verse 24, sorry, verse 20, 21. God said, let the water swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. God created the great sea creatures and every living and moving thing with which was the water swarmed according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. God saw that it was. There were no rejects in any parts of God's creation, right? No calls. You know, you, you farmers understand this, right? Sometimes something is born and you're like, or hatched or whatever it is, and you're like, yeah, that's, you know, I had, I had a chick once and its, its wings never grew feathers. It just had these, it was the ugliest chicken ever. And I was like, I gotta get rid of that thing. And you know, but I, I kind of felt, I was hoping it would mature. It never did mature. And finally one day it just disappeared. I think the, someone else got it. It was good. I was just doing my part for creation, you know. But you know, some things, you know, that calf is born, you're like, ah, it's got a gimpy leg and you know, or whatever it is, right? Like, 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 but God, when he makes things, nothing is gimpy. No calls. Beautiful. Good. I saw, I have a picture here. This is a drawing, of course. There, there's everything. This is like Alaska, I think. <laughs> there's whales, there's eagles. They're just, just yeah, they're just swarming, swarming. Verse 22, an interesting thing comes up. God blessed them. Hmm, God's blessing. And said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. There was evening and there was morning, a fifth day. So the, the earth is now been taking form and getting full and there's just, wow, there's just life teeming everywhere. And in verse 24, it says, God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds. Cattle, creeping things, and wild animals, each according to its kind, it was so God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the cattle according to their kinds, all the creatures that creep along the ground according to their kinds. God saw that it was good. And I stop there. And I have a picture here. Now you see in the, in the far regions of this picture, there is a man and a woman there. Thankfully, they're walking away and the sun is shining, so we can't see that they're naked, but, but they're there. <laughs> But look at all the animals, because we're going to get to 
Adam and Eve in a moment, next week, but we're just going to stop there. We'll see. The whole world is created. It's full of animals, creatures. Adam and Eve have not yet been created, but, but I just want you to say it's fully functional. And man and woman are not there. Humanity is absent. Everything is working without us there. The universe does not need us to run. Nor do we run it. Now we're given responsibility for it here in the next passage. You can read ahead if you want. But God makes this wonderful, wonderful world. See, everything we need for life comes from God. But here's the key point. It's a miracle that you are here. It's a miracle. You have not been taught that in your school experience, probably. You've been taught that your life is just a tiny speck of an atom in this grand universe that's becoming who knows what. And it's no wonder that people are, are, are going, taking drugs and doing other things and, and living destructive lives because what does life really mean anyway? Until you come to the Bible where it says, no, there's this grand, powerful, personal creator, God who creates everything. He speaks it into existence and boom, boom, boom. And the, and the world is so big and yet he speaks personally to me and to you. It's a miracle that you are here. We are all the product of God's miraculous power in creation. That's how it started. God said, I, I, got, I got this. I got an idea. And he puts this all together. I can't answer every question about the origin of the universe, but I'm just telling you what the Bible says. And I, and I accept it as truth. Because when Jesus shows up, who is God's son, fully God, and he speaks, things immediately happen. So as a result, I would say, here's God. Jesus is present in this, in the book of John, in the book of Colossians, in the book of Hebrews. It says that Jesus is the creator, so he's, he's present here, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They're, they're making the universe. When God speaks, it is so, and it is good. The mess that our world is in is not God's fault. He didn't make it that way. He made a good universe, a good earth, a good creation. So if things aren't good, there must be a reason we're going to get there. But I want you to realize that, that the one who put this all together wasn't me, wasn't you, wasn't any scientist anywhere, not the highest PhDs of, in our world. It was an all-powerful, eternal God. In the book of Hebrews, it says this, By faith, we understand that the universe was created... By the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. Yeah, I'm telling you, to believe this is a faith step, but to believe anything about the origin of the universe is a faith step, because none of you were there, nor me. So you can't say, well, I don't have that faith to believe that a God just sort of spoke it into existence. Well, I don't have enough faith to believe this mythological account of 13 billion years of, of primordial soup and us becoming you know, transitional forms into humans. I, I can't have that kind of faith. I don't have that kind of faith. Sorry. And the intellectual elites will want to say, well, only stupid people believe in creation. And God looks down and just shakes his head. Because if we can take God out of the picture, then we are the masters of the universe. But God wants to make you and I to know how it all began. I am the master of the universe. 
And as the creator, you are the creature. And the only way this works is if there is that distinction maintained always with respect, with reverence, with worship, with thanksgiving. That's the way it works. Creator, creature. Any idea, religion, philosophy that would suggest that you can move into the divine is clearly not truthful. God says, I made it. I have this little quote up there. In order to appreciate how we got here, we need to appreciate who got us here. And I read through my Bible and the creation just keeps coming up. Boom, boom, boom. Psalm 24, 1. The earth is the Lord and everything in it. You know, Psalm 33, you know, he's, he spoke and everything came into existence. Isaiah 40, John 1, Romans 1, Colossians 1, Hebrews 1, even the book of Revelation. It's throughout. God, God is referred to as the creator. He's the owner. He's the master. And the way that it works is when we take the subservient position of his creatures and follow him in obedience and respect, what the Old Testament calls the fear of the Lord, saying, yeah, you are God, and I am not. Many of the challenges we face in our world today are humans trying to solve it with human answers. And they always fail. But the key to moving through life successfully, which in the book of Genesis and in the Bible is called a life of blessing, is coming to know the creator personally. And that's just, just a, it's a miracle that, that the God who created the vast universe actually cares about you personally. He knows every, it says he, he knows the number of hairs on your head. Some of you, that's easier than others, but he knows how many hairs you got, right? I mean, you know, I mean, he knows everything. He knows the health situation. He knows your fear. He knows your anxiety. He knows your potential. He knows it all. So why wouldn't we follow him? The key to getting rebooted, reprogrammed, is listening to him more than listening to everyone. In 2022, I am encouraging you to in, up your intake of God's word. Because the other messages are drag you down. And I, man, I could just drive from my house to work and I turn the radio on and I get here and I'm depressed. Because, you know, oh, this is happening, that's happening. Oh, no, no, no. You know, I'm like, oh, I just don't even listen to this anymore. And then I open God's word. It's like, oh, yeah. Healing balm on my soul. We need this, people. But how did it start? God started it. And we weren't there. We don't show up to the very end. And he, but, but we're special, and we'll see that next week. But everything that's here and how it all runs, he did it independent of us. So let's trust him with the universe, with the climate, with the environment, with health, with the finances, with politics, with all this stuff. He is worthy of our trust. Look, look what he did. He made this wonderful universe in a miraculous way and a fully functional, intricate, you know, powerfully designed and, and, and just, just so much there. And, and, and yet he cares about you personally. We have a great God. I'm going to invite the team up. We're going to sing in response. If you don't know this God, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for you, rose again for you to have new life. You can experience his power, his forgiveness, his relationship with him today.
and begin to get some of those answers that maybe you're looking for. But the creation account just reminds us that, man, we have a powerful God who loves us and cares for us. It's not a matter to know just how we got here, but who got us here. That's what new life's about. We're going to move up and out in new life in Jesus Christ this year. And the book of Genesis reminds us we have a God we can trust who's got this under control. Would you pray with me as we prepare to sing this final song? Lord, thank you that you created a beautiful universe. We give you praise because we all love this world you made. We enjoy the, the intricacies of your creation. And we acknowledge today that we are simply your creatures. We have no control over, over anything of, of the grand scale of this universe you made. And so we acknowledge and we worship and we, we, we submit and surrender to you today. Give us the faith to walk with you day by day and to experience your blessing in this year, even with the challenges we will face. You are a good God and your word is powerful. May it have an effect in our lives today and this year, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God is great. Amen. And we certainly have no control, no matter how hard we try. God, Mike is right. Uh, we, how we got here is only through the power and the grace and the love of Jesus. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> So Sherry and I have made the decision that today needs to be my last Sunday as a, as a full-time pastor. I'll be finishing up the week in a very limited capacity. My last day of employment will be Saturday, January the 15th. I, I'm just in a lot of pain. <laughs> so we're going to be focusing on my health, treatments, and then, of course, our, our family. We do continue to trust God with our future. He knows exactly what he's doing, how it's all going to work out, and we are okay with that. We are. may change tomorrow, but today we're okay with it. We are not moving away from Lloydminster. We are not leaving uh, our family here in this church. You are our spiritual family. We will have some very specific needs that we will need help with and we value your support. But for now, just for now, we ask that you give us a couple of weeks to reorient ourselves to, to, to figure out our new reality. Pastor Mike and the board will have some additional information for you in the coming weeks concerning all of this. So I, I, we just want to say thank you for standing shoulder to shoulder with us as we begin this new journey together. I won't lie, it's, it is scary. But Sherry and I know where our help comes from. It comes from above. As Pastor Mike so preached this morning, he is our wonderful counselor. He's our mighty God, our everlasting father, the prince of peace. He is our wonderful savior. That's how we got here. Here's the benediction. Revelation 4.11. You are worthy our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Amen? Amen. Go with God's blessing.